Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. 6.30 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 6.30 Chad. All right, baseball playoffs. The Marlins move on. They sweep the Cubs, a 2-0 victory today. And the Cardinals and the Padres are scoreless in the third. That's the deciding game uh, The deciding game in that series as the best of three is tied 1-1. NBA Finals Game 2 tonight coming up in about an hour. Dominant victory by the Los Angeles Lakers a couple of days ago. We'll keep you updated once that one gets underway. Thanks a lot for tuning in. Thanks for starting your weekend right here. My name is Reed Wilkins. It's Inside Sports on Oilers and EE Radio 630 Chet. And I want to remind you, even though we're not having a CFL season, we will have an Edmonton football team coaches show starting Monday at 730. Scott Milanovic will be sitting down with Morley Scott every Monday at 730 for the next few weeks. So that'll be interesting. You'll get to get uh, you'll get to know your new head coach a little bit better. I'm always happy to hear from you, of course. 780-496-0063 is the number to call and text. Roadhammer on the ball already has a text coming in requesting a song coming back from break, and we've been having fun with that for the last few months off and on. If there is preferably a guitar rock intro you would like to hear coming back from commercial, text it in, and we'll try to get to it. Again, we prefer guitar rock. And uh, don't try to trip us up by having some naughty words near the beginning of the song. Kellen always double checks it anyway. But uh, you can have some fun there, 780-496-0063. We're going to have another topic that uh, we may get some feedback on throughout the evening. I I have a poll up on my Twitter page as well, and I'll I'll get to this uh, in a few minutes. There's a lot of draft talk tonight. We'll have some comments from Tyler Wright, the Oilers Director of Amateur Scouting. The first round of the NHL draft is on 6.30, Chet. Our coverage will begin at 4 o'clock on Tuesday afternoon. It'll be me, Bob Stoffer, Jack Beichels, Rob Brown will be hanging around as well. And uh, we'll take you through the first round. The Oilers right now slated to pick 14th. Uh, certainly possibility they could move, maybe even move down in the first round or recover a couple of picks uh, later on in the draft. Right now, they don't have a second rounder. They don't have a fourth rounder. Their third rounder has to go to Calgary either this year or next from the Lucic-Neal trade. That's the one that was uh, somewhat controversial, decided by the league that uh, the Oilers would have to give Calgary a pick, even though uh, the threshold of James Neal getting to 21 goals was not met. Remember, he had to get to 21 goals and outscore Milan Lucic by 10 or more, which he did, but he didn't get to the 21 goals. Anyway, they'll uh, they'll have to... Uh, decide on that once they get to the third round and that'll be uh, Wednesday morning 9:30 mountain time is when rounds 2 through 7 get underway. Ryan Wagman from McKean's Hockey, he's going to be on the show as well to talk about some prospects and uh, Jake Neighbors from your Edmonton Oil Kings coming up between 7:30 and 8. I, I want to get to this first. This this is pretty fun. Maybe you heard this this morning but they're they're doing flashback Fridays on the morning show, uh, we got Chelsea and Shay doing the mornings. Uh, obviously, Morley reads the sports. So today it was a flashback to uh, the 1960s. I, I was not around at that time. But I, I want to play this 
voicer, as we call them in the radio industry, this voicer following. Now, if you if you haven't heard of this already, see if you can figure out who this is. This is a voicer filed shortly after the conclusion of the 1963 Stanley Cup final. As you can hear the noise in the background here in the dressing room at Maple Leaf Gardens. The dressing room with the Stanley Cup champions for the second year of successive, the Toronto Maple Leafs. They defeated the Detroit Red Wings tonight by a score of 3-1, to one, and a dramatic ending it was before a crowd of 14,403. The Leafs led 1-0 at the end of the first period on a goal by Dave Keon from George Armstrong at 17:44. In the second period, Ellie Delta hit his second Stanley Cup winner. So that generally is the story to the moment. And, of course, Sid Abel was very, very proud of his Detroit Red Wings in this series. Brian Hall from the Garden. There it is, Brian Hall from the 1963 Stanley Cup Final in Toronto. How about that? That is an absolute beauty. When I, when I was playing that this afternoon, first few seconds I was thinking to myself, eh, it doesn't really sound like Halsey. And then as it got deeper into it, you, you hear the familiar intonations and inflections of the legend himself, Brian Hall. So that was part of Flashback Friday on 6.30 Shed Mornings with Chelsea and Shea. The voicer from 1963. I mean, the guy's had an amazing career. We all know that. Uh, We're playful with him sometimes, but we love him and respect him a lot. So that was really cool to hear hear that. Had you heard that before today, Kellen? Kellen Kelly back at 6.30 Shed Studio? uh, No, that's the first time I heard it. Uh, The first time I seen it was when I was racking it to play it here and that stuff. And I had issues trying to figure out who that was until uh, Halsey got into the scoring summary of the game and and the way that he pronounced Davey Keon's name uh, was a dead giveaway for sure because you know how Halsey... Uh, he, he loves all players and all sports, but I think he has a little bit of a affinity to uh, some players, as as we all do, that are his favorites. That might be to to follow or to say on air and that stuff. And I think he's truly he's truly yeah. one of a kind, and and he's still going strong. You know, mm-hmm. obviously he's, he stepped away from calling the football games. Uh, well, I guess about a decade ago now. But he, but uh, well, I, I haven't seen him in a while because I've been working at home. But he he is like he is truly a, a unique man. And he, he truly has uh, the the gift of gab, which mm-hmm. is which is just amazing. He he can take anything, uh, he can argue about anything. I've had arguments with Brian Hall where he said something and I disagreed, and then later on I was arguing his point because he turned it around and was making my point, and and you just get pulled into it with Halsey, and and he really is incredible how he can just go one of, one of my favorite memories of working with Halsey. And this, well, this would have been about 10 years ago because I was on, uh, well, it was called iNews 880 at the time. It's now Global News Radio. Mm-hmm. So it's it's what's called a news wheel. So it's very much, uh, this this happens for a minute. Then there's seven minutes of news. Then there's weather. Then there's traffic. And then and everything is, is timed out. You know, you almost have to be to the second because you want it to be at, you know, 12 minutes after the hour. This always happens. And you want listeners to know that, that if they flip, they're going to hear the weather, sports, traffic, news headlines, entertainment news, whatever. So it was it was a Friday afternoon, and I, I was uh, I, I was doing news on, on iNews 880. So you'd go on for half an hour, then you'd spell off for half an hour and write and update your scripts, and you'd go back on. So the Eskimos, as they were known at the time, had a home game that evening, and one of those huge summer thunderstorms came through Edmonton and of course, okay, is this going to affect the game? Is it going to be bad out for the game? Is this going to stop people from going? And then it was one of those, the storm just passed and about 
the two hours, 90 minutes before kickoff, it's just totally beautiful. You know how those thunderstorms go through. So Halsey comes into the, the iNews studio to, to read sports. I think it was at, at quarter after and, and at 45 that there would be sports cast. So you try to do a little conversational throw to, to Halsey to bring him in. So I thought this is great. The, the weather just happened. I'll tee up the storms gone. And then he takes it right into his football stuff. And, and his sports cast is supposed to be exactly pretty much exactly two minutes. I mean, give or take 10 seconds, but it's supposed to, it's supposed to go from 15 after to, uh, to 17 after. So I say to Halsey, all right, time for sports with uh, Brian Hall. Looks like the storm has passed through. We got a beautiful night for the game. In which case, I was expecting he would say something like, that's right, the, the Toronto Argos coming into town. They've won two in a row. The Eskimos, this, this, and this, and he's mm-hmm. got his audio. But that's not how Brian Hall handled it. And this was truly what makes the guy special and unique. Brian Hall spent two and a half minutes describing how thunderstorms work, how uh, clouds and precipitation accumulate, and uh, how they move through the sky, and how thunder and lightning behave, and, and the quantity of rain that can come down in a short period of time, and then how they can uh, dissipate, and, and what happens after. So that took two and a half minutes. Now, remember, his sports cast is supposed to be two minutes. And then after that, he, uh, he did a three-minute sports cast. So he did two and a half minutes uh, explaining thunderstorms, and then he did three minutes of sports when really he was supposed to do two minutes of sports. But that, that's Halsey. That's what makes him beautiful. He's bringing the energy. He's got the passion. And you can say any – you can mention any name, any topic, and, and he'll be able to tell you something about it. And that was a, a moment for me where I think I was a both a, I was both amazed and frustrated at the same time. I was amazed how he just took that very simple throw line and ran with it. And I was also a little frustrated because then I had to delete a whole bunch of stories and play a whole bunch of commercials out of sequence to get back on the clock, so to speak. So anyway, that was really cool hearing that from uh, 1963. Well, we're getting a lot of songs coming in today. It's Friday and people are ready to party. Nothing like the first Friday in October. I want to I want to tease this as well, and, and this is almost as entertaining as, as a Brian Hall story or a Brian Hall voicer from 1963. Jake Neighbors from the Edmonton Oil Kings. He is ranked 26th among North American skaters by Central Scouting for the upcoming NHL draft. Might go in the first round. Might go in the second round. Uh, I, because of Jake's availability, I actually taped the interview with him this afternoon, so it's going to play at 7:30 tonight. And usually when we're leading into the draft, and if I get to interview a few draft prospects, one of my standard questions is, what was the strangest question you were asked by a team during this whole interview process? And I've got some good answers uh, over the years. I think a couple of years ago, one of the, one of the kids said, uh, some team asked him what kind of a donut he would be or something along those lines. So here is Jake Neighbors with his strangest question from this year's pre-draft interviews. Um, You know, I think one of the weirder questions I got, um, which wasn't even, um, you know, that bad of a question, I guess, was um, would you rather pick up a $20 bill that you find on a bathroom floor um, in a public restaurant or would you rather pick up a $100 bill that's in the toilet bowl of a public bathroom? So that was one of the weird ones I got. So $20 off the floor of a public washroom or $100 in the bowl of a public washroom. Now, if somebody asks me that, the first thing I'm doing is looking for more information. What, if anything, is also in the toilet with the $100 bill? 
you know, floating alone, clean water, maybe I'm going for the 100. There's maybe some other substances in the uh, other substances in the toilet. I, I may just say that $100 bill can, can, can sit and, uh, and, and it'll be fine. I actually put this poll on my Twitter account. It's about 80% just going for the 100, no questions asked. You can participate in the poll on my Twitter account or text me 780-496-0063. That was a good one. But I, I'm definitely asking maybe the condition of the washroom, the condition of the uh, surfaces or substances that the bill might have uh, intermingled with. <laughs> that, that would probably be uh, on my mind. Maybe I'm, uh, maybe I'm a little paranoid, though. I don't know. Okay. NHL draft coming up. Uh, we'll have a few comments here from Tyler Wright. He was on Bob Stoffer today. Oilers now noon to two weekdays here on 630 Ched. Bob said, okay, so, you, you know, can you change your plan at this point? Do you know how you've prioritized the players? What's going on with that? Really try to be careful about, you know, altering it. For the most part, we're, you know what, we, we've we've been working on this list since March. Um, I would say it's 98, 99% finished. Uh, has that wavered? Maybe a, a little bit, but, I mean, we've got a target at 14. We we do a lot of uh, scenarios where we're, we're prepared for, you know, a trade up or a trade back, um, you know, so... I mean, you, you do all that preparation, but at the end of the day, you need another partner to, to be able to, 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 you know, make the move to whether you go up or back and, and what the price is. And, um, but at this, at this stage, we, you know, we got a target of 14, and we've got to wait and see who are the 13 other players that go before them. And, and uh, hopefully one of our targets is, is still there, and if they are, we're going to add a real, real good piece. I, regardless, regardless we're, adding a, we're adding a good player. So what he's basically saying there is that the Oilers are ready for anything. Um, it, you know, when you talk to directors of amateur scouting and GMs leading into drafts, you kind of get a lot of non-story stories, I find. They don't want to give away too much. I mean, he basically said, we'll either pick somebody or we'll trade up or we'll trade down. Really, those are the only three choices you have. I guess you could forfeit the pick entirely, but the only three realistic choices you have are, are you pick somebody there, you trade up, or you trade down. I, I suppose there have been circumstances in the past where a team or a GM has said it's highly unlikely we're trading the pick. The, the Oilers did not come out and say that this year. Ken Holland is going to hold his own media availability coming up on Monday. I, I, I think it's, I, I think my own read of the situation, the, the least likely scenario is that the Oilers trade up. The most well, it's to me, it's pretty close between them keeping the pick or that they trade down. They they maybe trade the pick to get a pick later in the first round and maybe add a second rounder this year and or next because they don't have one right now. And and obviously they can wait and see until who they think might be available at number fourteen. Okay. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.
Okay, a little bit more from Tyler Wright. We're going to call a quick timeout. It's Inside Sports on 630 Chat. Appreciate you tuning in tonight. So Jake Neighbors of the Oil Kings was asked by uh, an undisclosed hockey team during a pre-draft interview. Uh, you got a $20 bill on the floor of a public washroom. You got a $100 bill in the toilet of a public washroom. What do you pick up? Mark says, Reed, it doesn't matter what else is in the toilet. You are grabbing the $100. Randy says, hey, Reed, go for the $100. A little soap and water washes it clean. Randy, I hope you appreciate it. I'm not going to read your text word for word, but it did make me laugh. And Cody says, springs new meaning to a brown one when referencing the $100 bill. Oh, Cody, you're a naughty wordsmith. Okay, so the Oilers with that 14th pick. It, it could be that uh, that a player relatively small in stature is there for the Oilers at number 14. Maybe Seth Jarvis, just under 5'10", out of Portland. Maybe somebody like Ridley Gregg out of Brandon. I guess he's uh, about 5'11", but, uh, you know, there are bigger forwards uh, in the draft in that area. So, uh, you know, even maybe uh, Ozzy Wiesblatt out of Prince Albert. He's about 5'9 half. Uh, so, Tyler Wright, um, w- what's the willingness here? Have things changed how scouts like you perceive younger players or smaller players? I think you have to be an innovator. We we have to try to project on on where the NHL is going in in three to four years. And and you mean you you see now kind of the you know the abundance of smaller players coming into the league and and having some success. Uh, does that alter your your philosophy absolutely you mean i think as an organization not only do we have to adapt and 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 try to project on not only where the league and the game is going to go but how how we want the edmonton oilers to look and obviously you know ken holland wants his team to look uh you know in a certain certain way here going forward so we do have a playbook we we have we have a plan uh we got a blueprint on how we want the edmonton oilers to look and and we're going to stick to that and i think you know we're continually trying to adapt to to that with the smaller players um i think with the smaller players at the end of the day they always have to kind of prove that they can play um and then when they do prove that they they can play i think they become a, a you know a, a commodity or an, or an asset for that matter i think it's just kind of been in human nature where the bigger players you know kind of tend to get a little bit more shot a little bit more opportunity because you always are intrigued that maybe they maybe they can play and they get a little bit more opportunity but for sure you mean you, you look at the game with the smaller defense um you look what you know, Kale McCarr's done and, and, and Quinn Hughes is done, you know, the, you know, two young kids that aren't the biggest kids in the world, two young men for that matter that, you know, have had really early success. And, um, you know, we're altering that we're, we're open to ideas. Um, you know, we're not against small players by any means, but, um, at the end of the day, we, we want to have this team look in the way that our game plan is, um, you know, in four or five years from now. Well, the old cliche, You've heard Stauffer use it a lot. 
Small players have to prove they can play. Larger players have to prove that they can't. And uh, you heard Sam Cosentino on the show last night talking about Quinton Byfield over 6-4. Could go number two in the draft after Alexis Lafreniere. Hey, you know, we'll look at, uh, we'll get a little more on a guy like Seth Jarvis, Dylan Holloway, maybe out of Wisconsin, players that could be there for the Oilers at 14. Ryan Wagman who's with McKean's Hockey. We've had him on the show before. He'll give you some ideas about these prospects when we get back. Baseball playoffs, no score in the fourth between the Cardinals and the Padres in San Diego. That is the third deciding game in that best of three series. The Marlins advance. They shut out the Cubs 2-0 to win the series. Two-zip basketball tonight, tipping off in about half an hour. It is the Lakers and the Heat game two. Lakers dominating game one. NHL draft, a lot of talk tonight as we get you ready for Tuesday and Wednesday. Now, Tuesday at 4, our special coverage of the first round will start here on 6.30, Chad. And as we've been telling you, the Oilers are scheduled to pick 14th overall. And to discuss that further, I'm pleased to welcome back to Inside Sports. He is the Director of Prospect Scouting for McKean's Hockey, Ryan Wagman. Ryan, thanks for making time for me tonight. How are you doing? I'm doing well, thanks. My pleasure. Thanks for having me on. It is, uh, it is good to talk to you again our annual chat that this year is in October instead of June, but uh, it's, it's good to catch up with you. T- tell everybody again a little bit about McKean's, uh, how long McKean's has been around and sort of the, I don't know if mission statement is the right word, but what you guys are all about. Well, McKean's has been around for, I, I think, around 25 years now. I, I, I have not been there for, from day one, but... Uh, McKean's have been around for an awful long time now, and in the beginning, we were kind of a um, kind of a scouting service for the public. Um, you know, focusing a lot on on both NHL and amateur. And uh, I joined McKean's. Oh boy, I want to say six or seven years ago, um, and kind of built a team of of prospect analysts around the globe who. Our, our sp- spend our seasons in the rinks, you know, watching the players, judging them, creating a system so that we can compare a player from Sweden to a player from Victoria and to a player from, you know, the U.S. national program, et cetera, um, so that we can really combine forces and, and get a better depth of understanding of the various uh, regions that we each of us cover. Um, and so right now, you know, we are still known for our annual guidebooks, which, which I guess we're kind of a, a staple and on shelves years ago when things were still bought, you know, in, in stores uh, as opposed to online. But, uh, you know, now we do a lot of uh, coverage, both of the NHL and an annual guide, uh, but also, you know, a lot of prospects we put up on our website. This year we have nearly 200 scouting reports, in-depth scouting reports of uh, players eligible for the draft. We just released our uh, first ever uh, prospect report, which basically is a um, kind of an overview of every system in the league and their top 15 prospects and you know, how the system was built and who is, who's coming from each system, uh, which we're, I'm quite proud of. And, of course, there's our draft guide, which came out in June. We didn't know yet, of course, when the draft would be. But um, considering very little hockey has been played since then, uh, we still stand by uh, what was in that report. 
Yes, yeah, well, still applies for sure, which is which is interesting. So, yeah, I mean, that that's really cool. Now, do, do, do you direct your content sort of at fans and, and people like me in the media? Will NHL teams uh, come to you guys as well? I'm just wondering what happens there. I mean, I don't know the names of all of our uh, subscribers, but uh, I, I do know that there are, of course, some people in the industry um, who, who read our work, whether it's uh, mainstream media or NHL teams. Um, but I, I, I would imagine the bulk of our readers are fans who, re- who want to know in depth, you know, what they're watching and what's coming for their teams or their fantasy leagues. Right. Well, I, I always enjoy looking at your stuff, and uh, it, it's very informative, and, and I appreciate that you guys send me info along the way, which is really cool. Let, let's dive in here. Let's dive in here, Ryan, because obviously um, I, I talked with Sam Cosentino yesterday from Sportsnet about some of the players near the top of the rankings that, that probably aren't going to be available for the Oilers unless they decide to move way up, and I, I doubt that's happening. So let, let's talk about some other players. I, I, I want to ask you about Caden Gooley. Let's start with a local kid from the Edmonton area, uh, defenseman for – uh, for Prince Albert in the Western Hockey League, you know, pretty good point total, pretty decent size. What do you say about Caden Gooley? Well, I think um, you know, both those things are true. I don't know how much the points will follow him to the pros. He has a solid skill set, but not quite a dynamic one. Uh, he's got good size. He skates quite well. I don't know if he's, I, I wouldn't say he's quite as fast as his older brother, Brendan, who is in uh, Anaheim right now, but he's a good skater. Uh, what Gooley really brings, though, is I think one of the more, louder physical presences of any prospect in the uh, in this draft especially prospects in the blue line he's just one of the bigger hitters uh more physical more tough to play against defenders that are up for uh, for draft this year okay well and you know it's it's so interesting watching young defensemen and, and i've talked about it a lot on this show clearly mccarr and uh and, and Hughes got so many headlines this year and into the playoffs. You see Haskin in, in, in Dallas. Um, like, are we at the point with defensemen? People are talking about puck moving vision and speed more than physicality and defending, or how do you look at it? Well, I think they should be. That's the way the game is going. you got to move the puck. Um, you know, the best defense is a good offense. If you have the puck, you don't need to defend. And so you want a defenseman who can skate with the, can get the puck, can skate with the puck and knows how to move it and smart, you know, can read the opposition, know where to move it and how quickly to move it. Um, but we can do that. You know, when I say I'm not, I don't think he's going to bring big numbers to the NHL, I don't mean to say that he can't get the puck from out of his zone and contribute in the offensive zone. I just don't see him putting up, you know, uh, first power play type uh, numbers. He's not that style of player. Um, you know, you look at the two defensemen that we have at the top of our boards, and I would hazard that all 31 teams also uh, being Jake Sanderson and uh, Jamie Drysdale. And those are players who almost the first thing you notice about them is they can flat out fly. They skate really well. Um, Sanderson is also, you know, big and has a physical component to his game. But the primary motivating factor of these guys is they skate brilliantly and they move the puck brilliantly. Um, you know, Gooley is not quite at their level at, the, at those areas, but he's good enough that he can be, he could fit very nicely into a top four uh, and he brings that physical element, which, while it's not as important as it used to be, it still has a role in the game today. Okay. All right. Let's. Uh, I'll, I'll move to some players here. Um, well, let's go to Seth Jarvis because he's been talked about a lot with Oilers fans and Oilers media from Portland. Not the biggest guy in the world, 
prolific point total, 42 goals, 98 points in 58 games for the Winterhawks. We certainly like Jarvis a lot. Um, you know, we think he's in that third tier of players just past, you know, the top three, who I guess you talked about with Sam Cosentino the other day. But, you know, he's a, he's a fantastic skater. He's a really, really good puck skills, high-end puck skills. Uh, he's smart. He sees the ice well. You're right. He's small, so he's not going to bring a physical component. And there might be that worry that, you know, at, at, at the bigger levels, where the players are in general a bit bigger, a bit stronger, a bit more physically mature, you know, that might be an adjustment for him to make. But, you know, once you're drafting after the top three, you're not looking for a player who's going to go into the NHL next year. There might be one or two. Uh, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if Marco Rossi can go right into the NHL as one example. But there aren't going to be that many who are going right to the NHL, and you're not thinking about a guy to go right into the NHL. So, you know, Jarvis will have more time to physically mature. Uh, you know, he's not going to get that much taller. He's not going to suddenly be, you know, a power forward. But he can at least build himself to the point where it's not a detriment to his game. But between his puck skills and his skating, uh, we're looking at a player who we believe should be a top six forward, uh, you know, a guy who can drive the offense for his line. How about, uh, I'm curious about Dawson Mercer out of Shakutami, uh, about six feet, 180, 60 points in 42 games, uh, play center. Dawson Mercer is an interesting player. He is, um, you know, he can play center, he can play in the wing. Um He's not as flashy as some of the other guys in that uh, in that range who could go in the you know the early to mid teens. Somebody who might be available for Edmonton, and I think should be in their consideration set. Um, you know, he's not the fastest. He's not a bad skater by any stretch, but you know sometimes you look at him and you think, well, he's not fast enough to play top six. I think he can be in a top six role, but he's not going to be the play the the driver on that top six role. Um, you know, he's somebody who he's really smart. He reads the game really well, and he's always tend to find himself in the right spot. I mean, it's not that often that you have a guy who's not, you know, a Lafreniere or, or Byfield type talent who plays for Canada at the World Juniors at age 17. And, and Mercer was was one of those few. And a lot of that comes down to his, you know, his his sense, his his, uh, his mind, his game on the ice, where he reads the play. Um, you see him at the right day. He is a decent skater, but um, you know, he, he's not. He's not the guy you're hoping he's gonna, you know, beat out an icing, or um, you know, or, or you know, take many one-on-one uh, -on -one breakaways down the ice. But he's got really good skills. He's got you know good instincts to 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 score, um, and he's the type of guy who, even if his, I guess the tools are not flashy, he's the type of guy that I expect will fully maximize what he does have, and uh, you know what he does have is somebody who can fit very nicely on a second line or at worst, the third line and be a play driver there. Uh, is, was it Dylan Holloway out of Wisconsin? Was he, was that your the Oilers' pick in your mock draft, Ryan? Not at this time, no. Not I, this, I've, okay. Uh, the most I recent mock draft I, I'm finishing up now, I actually have them taking Mercer. Uh, but okay. Holloway is somebody I think they would at least look at, or at least they should. Uh, you know, he's bigger, he's a really good skater, um, and he does have soft hands, uh, the question with him and the reason why I wouldn't be taking him as high as 14 is because there are questions that I have and I know other scouts have shared with me about his offensive instincts. Um, he's not as creative. He he can be a little bit tunnel vision. You know, he's uh, he gets the puck and he's just racing down the ice and because he's not really mindful of, of where his teammates are, a lot of his rushes can kind of end up in the corner, you know, one and done plays. And 
he could be more, and it could be coming with another year in, in the NCAA uh, with Wisconsin, especially now that maybe Alex Turcotte is gone, that might give him a bigger role. And, and maybe I'm underestimating him. It's very possible. It wouldn't be the first time. Uh, but, you know, <laughs> there, the there is part. a legitimate question about his offensive creativity and his ability to, to uh, you know, to, to be a play driver in his own. He's got the tools. But, you know, whereas someone like Mercer, the, uh, the, um, the total is greater than the sum of his parts. With Holloway, from what I've seen, and I've seen a fair bit, uh, it's a little bit in the reverse. I still think he should be a first-round pick. I would just be looking more in the mid-20s than the mid-teens. Okay. What do do you think of the overall depth of this draft? Everybody always says, how deep is the draft? How deep is the draft? How does this one compare? Uh, It's a good question, and I know know some people think it's, it's fantastically deep and better than ever. I think, you know, we have the first tier, we have Lafreniere. Right below him, we have Byfield and Stutzla, Stutzla, Byfield, whatever order you want to put it in, that's that second tier. Those tiers are similar, you know, a very high end like we've had in in recent years. Um, But then we have the third tier, though, and the third tier, I think, is where this year's draft gets a little bit of a leg up. And depending on who you talk to, that next tier has between 8 and 11 players in it. Um, You know, it includes uh, the two defensemen, Sanderson Drysdale. It includes the goalie, Yaroslav Askarov. And includes, you know, seven or eight forwards. Again, depending on, on, you know, personal opinion may vary there. But um, that that tier is a little bit heavier than I've seen in recent years. And I think the teams that pick in the early teens are getting a better player than they might usually get. After that, I think the draft, you know, gets to a level like most drafts where you get 20 to 22 players who should be top of the who should be top of the lineup players and then it starts to get like a messy middle where you know the difference between the player ranked 25th and 55th is not very broad but prior to that i think this at least stands up with all other drafts and in that that middle group uh has a little bit of an edge so the oilers are right on the cusp of either getting that last guy in that group or the first guy in the next group Askarov's an interesting one as a goaltender because some people will say you don't want to take a goaltender too high. They take so long to develop. Okay, he's been in, in, in Russia where maybe the goaltending numbers are sometimes a little bit inflated. But, man, they're, they're really good, and he looks really good. Where do you see Askarov? I think the earliest he goes, and I know I've heard rumors that Ottawa would like to think about him at number five. I think that would be a little bit much. But... I think the earliest he could go would be in that 7-8 range, maybe New Jersey's first pick, maybe Minnesota, uh, possibly you know, Nashville. Um, he is, I don't think he gets to Edmonton. Uh, he is a special goalie, at least in this age group. Outside of him and Spencer Knight, I can't remember the last time we've seen goalies this good, this high. You know, I've heard people say, you know, the best prospect, net mining prospect since Carey Price. Um, that's high praise, you know, but with goalies, the way I kind of look at it is you're not a starting goalie prospect until you're a starting goalie. Um, you know, when you draft a goalie high, he's either your starter or it's a bust of a pick, right? With a forward, you draft a forward and, in in, you know, high in the first round. And even if he's not a first line player, he can still provide a lot of value in the second line on the third line. You hope not much lower than that, but that's still a valuable asset to your club. If you're starting goalies, the guy you're drafting in the top 10 as a goalie, is not your starter, then what's the next best thing? Is he's a backup. And I don't want to spend a top 10 pick on a backup goalie. Um, you know, I look at somebody like, you know, forget the guys who really busted, the guys who never made it or were injured early, but even a guy like Al Montoya. He was fifth overall. 
uh, it was it uh, 20 years ago. And, you know, he had a decent NHL career, but for the most part, he was a backup goalie. So good that he was a, had a career and, and I'm happy for him, but that's not what you want at your fifth overall pick. And unless I had multiple picks in the first round, I'd be very hesitant to pick a goalie in the top 10. So that's why I think New Jersey could be a good landing spot. They have, um, I'm not mistaken, three picks in the first round. But, um, you know, once you get past top 10, though, I think he's definitely well worth the risk. Um, of course, if Edmonton has the option to take him at 14, I wouldn't say no, although I don't think he'll get there. But, uh, you know, the, the, the possibility is there, the potential is there, but the risk is too high for me to stomach at that, you know, fifth overall. Yeah, New Jersey drafts seventh, 18th, which is a pick from Arizona, and then 20th, which they got from Vancouver via the Tampa Bay Lightning. So, yeah, three picks in the top right. 20 for the New Jersey Devils. Ryan, it's always great to have you on the show. I, I really appreciate your perspective on, on the players and, and some guys that might be in there for the Oilers at 14. So, sorry, your your mock draft was Mercer then for the Oilers out of Shakutami. The most recent one. We've, I've done a few in recent days. and the, the last one I've done, and it's probably the last one I'm going to do for this year, has them taking Mercer, but I think, you know, they could be seeing somebody like Connor Zary might be available, Maverick Bork, uh, Jacob Perot, Hendricks Lapierre. Like, there's a lot of good, talented players who, who could provide a lot of value to the Oilers there, as well as the two defensemen we talked about, uh, Gooley and, um, and Braden Schneider. Um, so th- those are guys who I think should be available to them, and uh, where, based on where they're picking, they might have their, their pick of the, that fourth tier. All right. Hey, man, really appreciate you making time for us. You do great work with McKean's Hockey. Thanks so much Thank for you. checking in, man. We'll talk to you soon. My pleasure. Take care. That is some really good stuff from Ryan Wagman, Director of Prospect Scouting with McKean's Hockey. Hit on a few guys, and uh, as he said, there's kind of a, 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 a solid tier of players that the Oilers would have access to at, uh, at 14 if they hang on to that pick. It is 6.51. Always happy to hear from you. 7804960063 inside sports on chat There's the news. We were talking a little bit yesterday about a new contract for Ryan Nugent Hopkins. There have been reports that talks are underway, not close to a new detail, a new deal, but they are getting rolling. 780-496-0063 is how you can get in touch tonight. Tyler Wright, Director of Amateur Scouting for your Edmonton Oilers. He was on Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer today. He did a Zoom media availability with myself and others talking about one of the toughest things projecting when a player is ready for the NHL. We have projections on, you know, this guy, you know, physically, you know, might not be mature enough yet to play Um, might take a little bit longer time, but we're prepared for that, for that matter. Um, We do have a window of opportunity right now. Um, we have an opportunity with our young kids coming, coming up that are going to make a big push. Um, it's vital for you to be able to win the Stanley Cup. You have to have guys on entry-level contracts playing, and, and we're trying to add to that. So the sooner that we can get 
this player in. Now it's a catch-22. You, you don't want to rush players. Um, Ken, you know, I've worked with him in Detroit for seven years before coming in here, and his philosophy is is never to rush players. They're they're going to allow us, and they're going to make the decision. They're going to let us know by their play on on when they're ready. And I think, you know, it's you know Kyler Yamamoto coming up this year, and you know Ethan Bear doing what he did, Caleb Jones doing what he did. Um, these kids, they're waiting for an opportunity. Uh, I shouldn't say kids; they're young men. They're waiting for an opportunity, and and hopefully, we're just going to put them in a position where we can for for them to succeed. All right, a little bit from Tyler Wright, Oilers director of amateur scouting. You can get more on his prep for the draft on six thirty chad dot com, globalnews dot ca. Morley Scott after the news. Six thirty Chad inside sports with Reed Wilkins weekdays at six on six thirty Chad.